big aloha. I'm Cindy Palos here, and this is the Travel Angel Radio Show. I'm with my co-host, Kathy Takushi. Oh, that's a nice, look at that sweet purse you got. Oh, thank you. I like that. It's very, very local. Nice design. Seabury Hall Crafts Fair. Did you? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, we've got an exciting show. We're very, uh, you know, I. it's always interesting when we bring up the topic of travel. It brings up so many things that are related to travel. And um, you met a wonderful lady named Amelia who came into your Captivating Journeys office, right? Yes, she uh, lives on Molokai, and she has this company called Ramori, and she'll have to tell you how she got that name, because it was interesting, I thought. Mm -hmm. And she does uh, spiritual retreats in Hana, so they had one in April. She's a new company, and then she's got one, it's women only, Mm -hmm. and she has one coming up in October. But she she was formerly an event planner on the mainland and got tired of the rat race. And mm-hmm. I get, her husband has family in Molokai, so they moved there. Oh, okay. And they've been there two years. And really, really nice girl. I liked her. Well, wonderful. She's going to yeah. call in in about uh, 10 minutes. And uh, we love Audrey, who's all things Portugal. And she's going to call in at 145 to talk about the wonderful Portuguese the Heritage Festival at the Heritage House on Baldwin Avenue. They have a big festival once a year, and it's free. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday, and um, it's really fun. You know, it's just a real great ethnic experience. I haven't been there. I should well, you go really check should it out. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, a lot of great food, you know, mm-hmm. bean soup, et cetera. Um, but a lot of fun and a lot of great cultural experiences. And it happens once a year, and it's a big deal. And it's right there, and we should call in at 145, and we'll talk to her about that. Now, Interesting news. I, I was listening. You know, I love Peter Greenberg. We've had him on the air once or twice. But I, we listened to his show because we air his show on Sunday. And he brought up a really interesting point. He's so funny. He travels all the time. And he said he can. he's learned through being a reporter all these years that he can read upside down. And he was waiting at a Delta cal- uh, counter, and no one was there. So he was able to read a special card that was inserted about all the airlines and how much carry-on baggage fits. He took a picture of it, and he had all the information of how much carry-on really can fit on each airplane. And I don't have all the information with me, but it was shocking. It's like they only have room on these planes for about 50% of the passengers that they have. So, you know, you always hear, right? Uh, well, you can check your baggage, and, you know, you have to fit at other places. And we always see some people that say, well, there's no more overhead bin space. Right. Well, now we know why. Because these planes don't give near enough room for overhead bins and carry-on as they should. Now, again, this is probably something that is going to make people, again, want to be first in line. <laughs> I have to admit I'm one of those people that stand in line probably too early to get in line. But you know what? If you're at the end of the line, there's a real good chance mm-hmm. you're not going to, even if you have a legal size, you know, over space baggage you're not you're not going to have any room for it because right. it gets filled you know and some people bring way too much stuff some people want to and that goes with the understanding i understand you don't want to miss a flight or you have close connections you think you could lose baggage so you just try to do carry-on and i applaud people who think and can do that kind of thing but yes i mean the thing that's interesting is these uh, people who bring these huge bags that are kind of pliable they're kind of, I forget the name of the long, thin ones that are, 
that you can fit. But th- they do. Um, mm-hmm. Those can take up a lot of space. And I've even seen backpacks that are like, well, that's as big as a regular suitcase size, you know. Right. Right. So anyway, it does happen. And that's why we see sometimes also um, why we see people um, bringing, and this has been the new thing, of course, that people bring oversized bags, and then they're told, you know, you can check that. And now <laughs> they're starting to charge them. They're charging them. Not only the f- they're charging them a fee. Yeah, because people know about that. So they know now about they're it. trying to get. Yeah, and you get to get around two it. fees now, maybe. Yeah. yeah, the fee you would have fee for a check a bag and a fine. <laughs> so it's interesting. And the next one, I don't even know if I want to talk about because we always talk about how safe flights are. And I mean, my audiobook is coming out within days. I, I finally have How to Fly with Less Stress coming out. It took a whole year, and I'm finally going to have it distributed. I guess there's more reason to buy that book now or the audiobook. Because they came out yesterday on the news. I was shocked they came out with this. I always knew it was possible, but they said they have now gotten warnings, um, serious warnings, that it is very possible for planes to be uh, hacked, that they can get in through sometimes Wi-Fi systems and other ways, that some of these planes, some place more than other, and that they put out a huge warning that there are experienced hackers out there that could possibly actually get into the whole system of the plane. And I'm now sure there, this is, there that's is, scary. Yeah. yeah. That's that, that to me is more than anything else. Cause I'm not afraid of flying. Yeah. I fly a lot and the chances really are so slim that you're going to have a bad accident. But, but if you get, uh, you know, this is a reason why we have to have really secure situations and all, all people that all airlines have to really take this threat seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their responsibility. Right. To get to make sure there's no one that can hack your plane. You don't you don't want to have your plane hacked. And he's like, Oh my gosh. So we're excited about what you're doing. You've got um that great deal still with Hawaiian Airlines. Oh, but before oh, yes. before we go on. Okay. I just wanna we're all sad about Anthony Bourdain. I was devastated. I know. That one We loved Anthony that Bourdain. That one really, really, really shook me up. A lot of people. A lot, a of, lot people. of people. Yeah. A lot of people because, you know, I read like three or four of his books. I met him once. Did you? And I got to see him a few years ago at a conference. Oh, did you? Yeah. He was just a charming person. We could relate to him. He was a he had a lifestyle that many, many would love to have, you know. Uh, of course he had depression. There's been a lot of debate about what really happened. Mm-hmm. Um I even went so far as to go to the different Instagram accounts, his and others and and some people said it was his girlfriend who actually was with another guy two days before, and she posted pictures with another guy holding hands and mm. saying, you know, I'm, I mean, who knows, you know? I mean, yeah. I even speculated, was something wrong with him? Was he sick? You know, what happened? You know, it's just hard to digest that one. It right. really was a shocker for me. Yeah, for um, a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, did he get back into drugs? What caused it? Uh, they haven't released a toxicology report, but I mean, the guy, you know, we all know we drank a lot and he didn't hide that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, all I could say, it finally came to me. You know, he loved the phrase parts unknown and that mm-hmm. he's gone to parts unknown now. Mm-hmm. And part of him just was like not able to handle. Who knows why? You know, depression, who knows? You know, there could be reasons we never will know. Mm-hmm. And he's gone to parts unknown. And I, you know, I think we all had to come some, to some kind of peace about that within our own selves when we see that right. happen. And it's so disturbing, right? 
Um, you, but I guess that also came up with just because someone looks like they have an ideal dreamlike lifestyle doesn't necessarily mean they're happy. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's an illusion. Yeah. But he did give great travel advice. He did. He did. I, 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 I um, when I was at the conference, I took a note notes down and I still had it. And f- my takeaway from that one is when you travel to always be polite, eat what's offered to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in one case, you ate a live octopus. Always let, uh, I think it was... Uh, the unknown adventures come. And I think my last few trips have been like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look back and I read that, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's exactly, well, I didn't eat the tarantula. So, yes. but that was at a restaurant. So we had to buy that. It wasn't offered to me. but <laughs> so. I, I would not eat a tarantula and yeah. I wouldn't eat a live octopus. And I'm a vegetarian. So I, I didn't believe in what he said about vegetarians or meat, but that doesn't matter. I still right. could relate oh, to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was you pretty know, funny about that like one. He was like a rock and roll chef, you know. Of course, he did a show at Chef Gordon's, mm-hmm. and um, and it, Willie Kay got to sing and, and be there. He did part of his show was down here at Tasty Crust. Right, He yeah. went to Tasty Crust, and you know, and so it's like. And he went to Molokai. Yes, he, he did. did. He did That's that right. whole thing there. Yeah. So it's a big sigh, you know. Yeah. It was a, that was a shocker. Yeah. There is a trip you're going to tell people about quickly till we get a call uh, from Yeah, we're your partnering friend. with Hawaiian Airlines and um, Panda Travel with a shopping trip to Korea. Yay. And um, and you, if you're interested in that trip, contact Kathy Takushi at 244-1414. That's Captivating Journeys number. Captivating Journeys 244-1414. It's $1,500. $1,599. For that trip with the air and the hotels and... I think we have our special guest on the line. Is this Amelia? Hello. How are you? Oh, so good to meet you. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Kathy. <laughs> Cindy, it's great to meet you, too. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I just love a little bit of your story that, that Kathy was explaining to me. Um, because, number one, you were an event planner, and we all know how much stress and work that is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't, but I, I recognize that. And um, and and it's an interesting story how you landed up in Molokai and then created this wonderful um, business that is a dream business. It seems like can you can you explain to our listeners what you your, a little bit of your background of how you landed up in from being on the mainland to creating a business business and living on Molokai. <laughs> I'd be happy to because, of course, it's been an experience and a story that's been incredibly transformational for me. We have long-distance family on the island of Molokai. And so that connection is, of course, what brought me to Hawaii and allowed me very special opportunities to learn very powerful and impactful insights from our friends and family within the Hawaiian culture here on Molokai and allowed me to develop a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for the new perspectives that I was being taught in particular, a perspective that is very much connected with the natural world and an understanding that there is a very special sinew between us as humans and the world around us. And that opportunity to have that aha as somebody that lived in a city and went into the office every day before sunrise and didn't leave the office until every day after sunrise 
was a really important game changer for me in my own perspective around how I wanted to live my life. What brought that on? You know, a combination of experiences. I would say the most predominant shift in thinking for me was a realization that as I was climbing higher and higher up the corporate ladder, I was climbing farther and farther away from the experiences that were really most meaningful. And mm. as I started to get more time here in Hawaii and deepen and enrich in my relationships with our families and friends here, that disconnect became more and more apparent to me. And as I talked with other women who were very career-centered and, you know, like we all do, trying to balance <laughs> all of the things that we're doing in our life and still stay true to ourselves, I realized that I wasn't the only one that was feeling that way. Absolutely true. Well, for people listening in, we're talking to Amelia Ellenstein. And I have a question just with this because you're the founder, and I love this term. I have never heard it before, and I think you're onto something here. You're the chief experience officer. Where <laughs> in the world did you? I mean, I love that title. Where did you come up with that, Amelia? Well, really, what my mission is is to create transformative experiences that can ignite a community of women to strive towards their limited, limitless potential, and. In order to make that kind of transformation available to people, it's all about the experience, mm. right? It's not about what you do. It's mm. about how you do it. Mm -hmm. And the way you go about something is what really teaches you and gives you an opportunity to gain new perspectives. So it seemed to make sense that with a company that's all about experiences and transformational experiences, mm. that really my role is completely dedicated to those experiences directly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful title. I, 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 can you patent it? I think you should. It's, it's just... Oh, thank you. It's great. So, okay, so you went from this, like, very intense, high-energy position. You decided to come back to Molokai. Where, what was that like going from 100 miles an hour down to 10? It was amazing. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed. And I was very grateful for the opportunity to make that sort of downshift and that uh, power change in the way that I was using my energy. Because really what I did is I, I was lucky enough to be able to take some time to shift the energy that I was using outward in a professional capacity and use that energy in an inward way in order to really evaluate the way that it was I wanted to live. Mm. And so it wasn't, I wouldn't say that it was less energy. It's still high energy. It's mm -hmm. just a more mindful type of energy and a more focused type of energy that allows me to live in a way that feels much more connected to true meaning. Where do you live on Molokai? Um, we live just outside of Kanakakai. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful to be able to have the partnership that we have with Ala Kukui and Hana. All of the events that we host are in Hana on Maui. Oh, I know that site. That, that's actually, um, I knew Arnie Kotler, who he and his wife ran that place for years. It's beautiful. I've been, I stayed out there. It's fabulous. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. Yes. And the organization is doing amazing and beautiful work. Uh -huh. And, you know, we have two missions in the work that we're doing with Ramori. One is that we are completely centered around creating uplifting and empowering experiences for women. And the other is that we partner with nonprofits and community centers in order to create those authentic and transformational experiences. 
And our partner in HANA is Ala Kukui, and they're a 501c3 nonprofit who is dedicated to the intellectual and spiritual advancement of Native Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that we're able to work together collaboratively to create an experience that is not only authentically transformational for women, but also is one that supports the sustainability strategy of Ala Kukui so that they can continue to do the work that they're doing in HANA to preserve, protect, and celebrate the culture. Well, the, first of all, the place is exquisite, beautifully, beautifully done, beautiful hardwood floors, lovely views. You can see the sun coming out of the ocean in the morning, very peaceful, lovely grounds. And I know that there have actually been a lot of um, silent retreats and meditation retreats out there as well. It's true. They have an amazing space. One of the really special aspects about the experience on the grounds of Ala Kukui is that they have 15 acres of tropical gardens that surround um, all of the buildings, the lodge, and the retreat space. And so when you're there ensconced in this very, very natural, beautiful environment, it's very easy to let everything else in your life go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's actually at the bottom of the hill, there's a couple of really nice uh, farm table kind of little stand restaurants and things. And, um, and it's, it's only really five minutes from town if you want to go into Hana Bay or um, to other places. You're, you're not that far outside the center of Hana. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And that allows the experiences that we're creating to be very connected into the community. So, for example, our next event is in October. It's October 14th through 20th, and it's an all-inclusive retreat for women that's deeply rooted in the Hawaiian culture. And because of Ala Kukui's remote and picturesque location, but also the convenience um, in its association in Tahana, we're able to connect in to the community activities that are occurring. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, one of the activities that we participate in is in collaboration with Hana Builds, and we participate in their weekly poi pounding gathering with the community. And so the women go, and we actually learn the sacred history of Kalo and its importance within the Hawaiian culture. And then every woman helps actually prepare the Kalo and then gets her own poi pounder and sits down and gets her hands dirty and learns the traditional method of pounding poi. And then later that evening, dinner, of course, is centered around poi as the featured and celebrated ingredient on the table. And I'm very happy to see that you're doing yoga, which I love. I do every morning. I start with meditation and yoga, and you're going to do meditation and yoga. And I would love to be out there, you know, if you want any any talks about that. I mean, that's been I've been meditating every day of my life since I've been 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I totally think that that is going to set a tone for the day, which is going to be magical. We certainly do. We provide all of the supplies for self-guided yoga and certainly for all of the women to continue their daily practice. But, you know, what makes the experience really special is that we're completely connected to the experiences of the Hawaiian culture. And so unlike other spiritual retreats or wellness-based retreats that happen throughout the islands, we are actually not 100% centered on yoga and meditation. We mm-hmm. are actually completely centered and rooted in the Hawaiian culture mm. and feel really passionately that 
there's a tremendous opportunity for aha moments Mm -hmm. by learning the wisdom of the Hawaiian culture Mm -hmm. that there's such rich opportunities for learning that we don't need to expand that curriculum to include other wisdom perspectives from around the world. Although, you know, I have a friend. I've got to be in touch with her again. Uh, You remember when we had Amelia Earhart's daughter, um, Erica? She lives out there at at, uh, just past the... Uh, the pools, and uh, she does yoga retreats. She's a yoga teacher, and yeah. she does. Uh, she's an amazing woman, and she specializes in yoga. And she's got, of course, obviously quite a history because her grandfather um, uh, loved Hana and and uh, lived there. And and so she's kind of carrying on the tradition, but she loves yoga, and that's her specialty. And mm. she's she's a wonderful wonderful lady, and. Um, She's been out there, obviously, I think most of her most of her life, although she travels somewhat as well. Where did you come up with the name? And tell me what the name Roa Mora means. Yep. So the name of the company is Ramori, and it's spelled R-O-A-M-O-R-I. And it's a combination of two different ideas. The first part of the word, the root of the word, so to say, is Rome, R-O-A-M. And, of course, we're a business that's dedicated to creating experiences and new cultures. So we're all about roaming the world and wandering Ah. and thinking deeply about travel. Ah. And then the second part of the word, amori, A-M-O-R-I, is a variation of the Italian word to love. And so Ah. my my personal heritage is Italian. I'm named after my great-grandmother who immigrated to the United States when she was 14. And so it's a nice combination of the purpose of the company to Rome and the idea of love coming from my heritage in the Italian culture. That's another great word. And I got it wrong. It's, er- it's Lindbergh's granddaughter, not Amelia Earhart's. It's oh, Lindbergh's granddaughter. Well, another, another yes. important figure in another the world. Another flyer, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I want to give Kathy a little time to talk because Kathy was able to meet you. And um, Kathy was just thrilled with this idea for a good reason, and I can see why. Tell us a little bit what, what interested you in this, Kathy. Well, um, I just, I think we connected when I, we met in person. So um, I, I thought that her, Amelia's story was interesting, and I think our connection was um, ex- having experiences rather just than taking trips, don't you think? I do, Kathy, and that's absolutely what drew me to the work that you're doing. It's that unique focus that you have around creating an experience that could last and be engaging well after a vacation was over because you didn't just visit a place, but you allowed an opportunity to be touched by a place, Mm -hmm. and that's really what the work is that you do with your clients to create those opportunities for them to be touched by an experience. And that was a big connection for both of us. And it's so true. I think every trip gives you an opportunity to, to actually change, change your perspective, um, learn things, make friends. And, and hopefully every trip you come back a little with your horizons expanded, with new experiences that open your mind to new things and make new friends. And and I think that's really what's so exciting. That's why I, I love to travel as well, and I, mm-hmm. obviously you love that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's interesting yeah. because we each have our own filters, and they influence the way that we perceive our lives in the world. And when we immerse ourselves in a new culture, we have this opportunity to get a new perspective. 
And it's a special opportunity to reflect on our own life in a mindful way. And I think that that new perspective can be incredibly transformative and have a a long-lasting power to help us grow, improve, and look at our lives in an enhanced way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really the work that we're trying to do at Ramori. I mean, we believe that... mm, there are sacred spaces that are within and all around us all the time. Mm-hmm. And that that meaningful connection with a new culture or a new friend or a new landscape, for example, gives us that perspective to explore those forgotten sacred spaces that are hard to tap into when we're in the middle of our really busy, hectic lives. You know, what's interesting is I, I can't help but wonder if people have a chance to come out and experience um, Hana. And um, the real Hawaii and the real Maui uh, and the sacred aspect. I bet some of them say, "I want to move here." Have you had people? Have you had people already start to think that they fall in love with the island when they come? You know, the experience I've had is that people fall in love with the wisdom that they're able to tap into when they're here. Mm. And I think back about the last group of women that we hosted in Hana in April. And one of the universal themes that they all shared when they called me and followed up with me after the trip is that they felt like they were able to bring home a part of Hana because Mm. they felt richer from the new perspective and the wisdom that they were able to discover while they were here. Mm. And so I would say what I hear is less about people wanting to move here once they experience it and more that they start to view themselves as stewards of the philosophies Hmm. and that they begin to see that there's an opportunity for them as individuals to represent the ideas that they've learned and become protectors, right, and sharers so that others can also benefit from the knowledge that they gain. So it starts October 14th through the 20th, and I imagine people can go to your website, R-O-A-M-O-R-I dot com for all of the details, right? That's right. Um, We have a complete listing um, that provides a really beautiful overview of what the event is about. And visitors can also request a digital brochure that we're happy to send with the complete itinerary. You know, but I can give you some highlights because it's a really special experience. One of the really unique aspects is that the executive director of Ala Kukui, Kaui Kanaka Oli, and her entire team of practitioners and guides are so generous in the way that they teach and share knowledge. And so when the women are together in this environment, they're able to sit and work hands-on, side-by-side, with experts within traditional practices, and not just learn in a hands-on way the celebrated traditional practice of lahala weaving, for example, or making lepo'o, but also learn about the philosophies and the spiritual purpose behind each of those activities. So, for example, one of the activities, a series of activities that is always incredibly meaningful to the, to the guests is that we go on a hike along the King's Trail, which takes us to one of the largest hala groves in Hawaii, and our guide, Kawila, shares responsible gathering practices and introduces the women to the hala leaf. And they're taught how to gather. 
and they all gather a selection of leaves, which we bring back to the lodge at Ala Kukui. And the women work side by side with Kaui, Poha, and Kawila, our guides and teachers, and they roll up their sleeves and they get their hands dirty and they learn how to strip, clean, and prepare the lahaula for weaving. And that, then that's the, probably down at the uh, at the Black Sand Beach. You start there and walk along the King's Trail from there, heading we, out. We sure do, and we mm-hmm. um, head towards Hana Bay mm-hmm. along the along the trail. It's a lovely trail. It's a beautiful, beautiful hike with views yeah. of the ocean and you know the amazing rugged lava coastline that mm-hmm. really you know wraps around all. Yeah, of Hana. I love that one little small island where all the birds gather. There's one place, and then there's a blowhole on that trail, which is really interesting. There is the, all that power coming yeah. from the ocean is really amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, I love I love walking on the trails. It feels very ancient, it, and it is. Yeah, and it is, and yeah. it is. Yeah, and ultimately, after having that experience of gathering the leaves and preparing the leaves, the women weave their own bangle bracelet. Ah. And so through this experience of the entire practice from start to finish, they begin to get exposure to the idea of our interconnectedness with nature, mm-hmm. how we have the ability by being mindful and respectful to transform something as humble as a leaf into a work of art, like a bangle bracelet, which is a really beautiful metaphor for the way all of us can live our lives. You know, I can tell that your background doing events has is, is really served you well. First of all, your website is, is very well done, and you've thought this out so beautifully and organized it so well. Uh, how many women can uh, attend this event? We limit the experience to 14 women at a time. Mm-hmm. We're really interested in the experience being personal, and we want it to be a number that really is inclusive and encourages friendship. And so we stop at 14. That's wonderful. You are on Instagram. Of course, I love seeing travel. I know Kathy Takushi at, at Captivating Journeys posts some lovely pictures. And, um, and you're on Instagram at, at Amelia Everywhere. That's mm-hmm. A-M-E-L-I-A Everywhere. Uh, and Romori Travel, that's R-O-A-M-O-R-I dot travel. Um, and do you have anything on Facebook as well or we do. Name? We are also on Facebook, at, uh, and our Facebook address for Ramori is the same. It's at Ramori.travel for Facebook as well. So, so this is interesting, too, because you only do, is it, you just do two a year, or do you do three a year of these events? In 2018, we're hosting two a year. In 2019, we're setting the dates now, and we are aiming to host three events in 2019. So you are, you're trying not to overdo it, obviously. Absolutely, and... <laughs> You know, that comes out of respect for the small group mm-hmm. because we want to encourage an, all in, an inclusive and friendship-oriented atmosphere. But it also, most importantly, comes out of respect for Ala Kukui and the work that they're doing within the HANA community. So much of what we do is completely required that there's a positive, respectful, and healthy relationship with the community. And we feel it's really important that Ala Kukui gets to decide what a comfortable amount of frequency is and is able to really be the champions of what that experience is and what the right experiences are to share. And so smaller is better from our perspective. That's a good point. So do you meet the people at the airport or is it up to them to get out there to Hana? We have airport pickup. So we actually pick everybody up at Kahului 
And we do the Road to Hana together for those that are interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, for those that are a little intimidated, I mean, it's 620 curves to get to Hana, right? Mm-hmm. So some people have some issues with motion sickness, and so those guests can fly directly into Hana on Mokalele, and we pick them up at the airport in Hana. Well, you know, this kind of experience is once-in-a-lifetime experience for people. And it, and I love that you picked up on the word enlightened experiences rooted in local culture because um, you obviously understand the power of enlightenment coming from being able to be aware and mindful and um, also to be in places that are very, very spiritual and to uh, change, be life-changing. And I even like the fact that you say, um, for solo travelers, wonderful, a girls' trips, and mother-daughter adventures. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing that you brought that in as well. We have a wonderful pair of women that are joining us in October that are a mother-daughter duo. And when I asked them, what, what appealed to them? Why, why did they choose this experience for a mother-daughter event? And they said that they were interested in having an experience together that would truly deepen their relationship. Mm. And the idea of, you know, just going to the beach every day yep. or, you know, going, going and having some very sort of more tourist-oriented experiences, they didn't feel would really do justice to the mother-daughter bond that they share. And I thought that was such a beautiful way for the mom and daughter to think about how they wanted to continue to foster their relationship as friends as well as mother and daughter. And I just want to add that, you know, um, it's so sad that some of us get so busy. Not you, Kathy. You'd never get too busy with work. But some of us get so busy with work that we don't get a chance to to actually uh, unwind and experience the kind of thing you can experience on a, a special event and retreat like this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think I'm sure you're bringing people from all around the world, but it's just wonderful for local people. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say. It's not only for tourists. It's uh, also for local people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even though we're living in Hawaii, we can end up getting up to the 100-mile-an-hour speed sometimes, too. It's that's true. true. I mean, we all are. <laughs> yeah. I had something really interesting recently that really connected with me, and, and I think it speaks to what the challenge that, you're describing, Cindy, which is this idea that we all get going 100 miles an hour, and it doesn't really matter where you live. That's just the way life is in the modern world. And a friend of mine said that he has stopped trying to achieve balance. And in fact, that he thinks the idea of balance is completely unattainable. How can we ever balance our life? Something is always demanding more of our attention than another, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's a challenge that we're trying to solve. And what he said is he thinks the next area that we should be striving towards is harmony. Mm. And harmony is the idea that everything that we do is in synchronicity with what is most important to us as individual beings. And so if we work 60 hours a week, but that 60 hours is truly our passion, Mm -hmm. then that's in harmony with our experience. Well, I thought that was really interesting and beautiful insight. What do you think about that? I th- I think so. well, you know, you know the every year they they say pick a word. So this year my word was balance. Maybe I should throw that oh. out the door. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and choose harmony instead. Well, you know what? In ev- if you're mindful and you're really un- enlightened in every moment and you're aware of every moment, you can be in balance with that moment because mm-hmm. you're present where you are. It's a lot easier to say than to do because um, 
you know, we're all trying to do the best we can, and that can take a lot of energy and time and effort, you know. Um, but, you know, if you breathe and if you're centered, and, and you are always a very kind, nice person, it doesn't, I don't think you ever get over. You don't ever get overstressed. No, I do. I do. internalize it. That's <laughs> the bad. Oh, okay. I keep. I hold it in. Okay. Yeah. So. But <laughs> I, I have to say, I love what you're doing. Um, I'm a little envious in a way, too. I have to admit because I'm going. Oh, this is so wonderful. Why aren't we doing this? You know, I mean, you are doing it, and I just think it's wonderful that you uh, embraced your your vision and um, decided to change your life, and now you're doing what you you, you really want to do and dream of doing. Meanwhile. Living in Molokai, <laughs> it's just like, wow. Um, so I, I'm really, really super happy that um, you're doing this, Amelia, and you probably have to write a book next um, about this because you seem to have most of the bases covered in this. And uh, So what's the best way for people to uh, sign up for this? The best way would be to visit our website, www.roamori.com. And they can, um, there's a, several ways to contact me directly through the website, and they can also completely make a reservation entirely on our website as well. So just think Rome Ori, even though it's not, it's, it's, it's a play on words, which you're very good at, but it, think Rome Ori, M O R A M O R I dot com. And it's a beautiful website. I have to give it to you. It's very, very well done. You did a good job on and, that. And we're going to, we're partnering with um, Amelia. So oh, we will also have it on our website. So I'll can they prob- call you? Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, I probably have it up there by the end of the week or oh, so. Oh, wonderful. So 244-1414 is yep. the number I of Captivating CaptivatingJourneys.com. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you. It's so nice meeting you by phone. And next time...